Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi. You didn't meet me. I left you on that one. I'm so sorry. I was looking down. <laughs> but you did a really good solo one. We can't record that again. <laughs> well, as long as I've got my Jill on, I will let everybody know that I'm actually Sue Funk. And I am here with Danielle from Brands of Pi Bravo. Say hi, Danielle. Hello. <laughs> and we are here to recap Season 3, Episode 5 of Roni and... Well, this is a great episode. I just, I need to jump in. Yeah, Out of the Press is the name of the episode, and uh, that's exactly where we start with a news story hot off the press. Bethany kicks us off with Julie, my queen, uh, telling her that the Daily News has reported the fight between Bill. Yeah, and I, like Bethany says, they are like frenemies, like Lilo and Paris. And I really appreciate specifically that she calls her Lee Lowe, not Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, that that was a nice throwback. Um, um, I, she also says, we're arguing like we're 26, and Julie's like, I'm 26, and I don't fight like this. Wow, <laughs> yeah, Julie was 26. Yeah. I love looking back at ages of things, because in my head, she was certainly way more together. Not that, Not together, but like, I would not have thought of her as like, like, what a job for a 26-year-old to have gotten. Oh, see, I would have thought she was younger. I don't know. I guess because Bethany wasn't her true, full Bethany mm-hmm. self. So 26. But, yeah, so Bethany is convinced it's someone from Jill or Jill's camp. Uh, Perez Hilton also reaches out, and Bethany knows that they were at the Perez event. So she's very convinced all of this press about their fighting. Because I think it's the first time it's actually written in the press. Yeah. It's coming from Jill's side. Well, and it's also like, it writes about Jill's Saks Fifth Avenue party. And then it writes about Lou's party. And like, all the details about the parties are in there. And it's like, yes, press was invited. And they could have deduced this. But like, Jill very much has her hands all over it. I do agree. Uh, It's pretty obvious. Yeah. And... 
Bethany says she shouldn't be in the gossip press because of her business. Yeah. Which is interesting thing that will kind of come back later, but, um, and that really she just needs to talk to Jill at this point. But she's also saying that she needs to grow up while she, while Bethany herself is wearing a white tank top with a pink piece of cake on it. And, like, we've talked about, like, not age-shaming people for clothing, but I feel like this top very much falls into the it-was-made-for-a-child. <laughs> like... <laughs> it was, like, a free shirt from, like, some event she went to. I don't know, but it very much... I was like, did she... I hope Brain got that as, like, hand-me-down, because that would be very cute. I would judge it more if she weren't out of her home. But since Fair. Home, she is home, no and, like... My mom has this thing, and I don't know if this is just, like, a mom thing or just my mom thing, because she does not like shopping. Like, she is not a girly girl. She's no interest in clothes, makeup, none of that stuff. Hmm. And she'll always be like, oh, this is great for the house. Like, she will buy things and say it's for wearing at home, but then she always will wear it outside the home. (laughs) And I don't know why she does that. But she'd be like, oh, it's a great sweater for the house. Like, or to wear it's outside. It's a real one. I love that. Yeah. No, she is not. Any any girly things that I have about me, I had to discover on my own pre, you know, access to YouTube like the 13-year-olds have now. And so Seventeen Magazine was your makeup tutorial? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, my yeah. dad used to do my hair as a, as a kid. Like, my oh, mom wow. was just, like, not... Yeah, but you want to know what he did? He would give me a slick back low pony looking like George Washington. Horrible. <laughs> like, not, it was not a good, he wasn't good at doing hair. She just had, I don't know why she didn't do it. She just like, I think my dad liked to do it. And I was such a tomboy though, so it didn't matter. But yeah, I just, it just made me think of when you said the clothes thing. It was yeah. like house clothes. House clothes. There are things I keep that I do now just wear in the house. Like, I have a pair of like spandex. Oh, yeah. They definitely are my favorite, but they have a hole in the crotch, and those are home pants. My friend calls those safety pants. Yeah, like you wear from, my work from home outfit. Like your safety clothes are clothes that you wear when like the delivery guy is at the door, but like you don't want anyone else in your life to see you really in those, except for the people that live with you. Can and I will say, like COVID, really, like there the amount of times that like when we were in like the height of COVID, and like the one time every two weeks I would leave the house, like. I would catch a glimpse of myself and I'm like, oh my God, what are you wearing? You're not supposed to, like, I would forget to change. And then I did start dressing up to, like, go to the grocery store at one point because it was, like, the only time to wear jeans and I hadn't, like, worn real clothes. Totally dressed up every day during COVID. At home? Yeah. I would dress up for work during COVID and I would, like, dress as if I was going to the office because it felt like I knew myself and I knew if I didn't I would never feel like the day ended or started and I lived alone yeah which I still do but now I have a dog so it's a little bit different because I have to go out but I knew that like I was never going to leave my apartment there's no need to in New York (laughs) I'm always impressed by people who like get ready and do their hair every day and makeup every day like I want to be that person but I just don't Hair. Somebody or wrote in there like, I don't know, like, I don't like doing my hair and all of that. But, Someone was yeah. like, "What do you? What's always the order? Like hair, makeup, clothes?" And I was just like, 
It's just always clothes. Hair and makeup are like a happy surprise if I get to them. Yeah, like I put a, I put on work appropriate enough outfits for the days I go in, and then most. I also don't like to wear my hair down all day, so it typically is just like in a bun with frizz on top of my. But speaking of people who do look beautiful all of the time, all the time, Kelly is interviewed by. (laughs) Everyone knows by now. I feel like that you and I simp over Kelly. Her looks, not her personality. She's gorgeous. She's undeniably stunningly gorgeous, and she's also like what I'm learning is she's very good at flirting, and I should probably learn from her. But everything that she does makes me want to crawl inside myself if I was doing Imagine if her and Lou, like, actually teamed up to, like, pick up men together. Like, they would have been an unstoppable force. Because Lou knows how to get some dick. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) She knows what she's doing and how to flirt. But Kelly goes to meet a guy named Mike for a Playboy interview. And boy is... He's cute. See, like, cute. I, I know you said that. He just gives me such douchebag vibes. Like, he gives me the oh, douche just, chills. He's a man who works for Playboy. I don't think he's probably, like, a great human. But uh, I agree. He was cute. Kelly thought he was cute. It made her nervous. She very outwardly told him she thought he was cute. But when you look like Kelly, it's like, of course you can tell anyone that you find attractive, attractive. I'm like, is she good at flirting or is she just so undeniably gorgeous that no matter what she says, a man's like, yes, I will follow you anywhere. (laughs) Probably. Kelly reminds me of like, it's kind of like what happens to the girls on The Bachelor who they spiral. And everyone was like, I can't believe they're spiraling, blah, blah, blah. They spiral because they're typically the prettiest person in a room who's never been rejected. And now you're one of 25 of the prettiest girls in the room and you're fighting for a guy and it's something you've never done before. So uh, Kelly's probably like that syndrome where it's like she's never not gotten a man she's wanted is my guess. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that that, that tracks. Yeah. I think. But they do a cute little like. Playboy interview, and I didn't write anything else about it except that she met with him and they flirted. I wrote, they cheers to nudity. <laughs> and she wrote, he asked her about yoga, because I guess everyone was just talking about yoga all the time this season, because this is like the second or third time it's come up. And she wrote, I'm more of an oh yeah than an ohm person. And I was like, damn, Kelly, you were just throwing yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, they also talk about books and she says she only knows about children's books and he like throws out a kid's book and she's impressed that he knows a kid's book. I think it was like good night moon. It was like very like, of course you know that. And, uh, (laughs) then he says, oh, I read this new book by like a Swedish author, girl with a dragon tattoo. And I was just like, Ooh, we are definitely in 2009, 2010 territory. I loved that series so much. Not a big reader. all three of them. Nah. Oh, my God. You didn't read them or you didn't like I them? I didn't read them. Nah. Oh, such good, amazing books. The movie did not do it justice. I feel like I was still trying to get through Jonathan Franzen or something. <laughs> Those, like, <laughs> like, giant fucking book. Um... She does get his number, though. I was like, get those digits. Mm-hmm. Doesn't surprise me that he would share it. And then we go over to Lou, who's still in the Hamptons, who says she's looking for an apartment... And she gave up the townhouse, and the kids live with her in the Hamptons. 
but I, my questions are just like where at this point are the girl kids going to school they're not That's a thing. they school. act like they don't go to school in the city but i'm like she's not sending them to hampton schools there's no, no way in the world the count would send them to hampton public schools now listen gang i know everyone knows the hamptons are where rich people summer but people during the year they don't pay taxes for school <laughs> like or what well, they do I is think, it's I think not that now much. because of covid and everything and a lot of people did move out there permanently and all of that the schools actually had like a whole issue because it was like too many kids because it's a really really small school district out yeah. there there might be a private school out there but there's no mention of this and I mean, as the inquisitive person I am, I'm like, where where are they going to school? There's no mention of that. There's no way they're traveling. Like, is, did Lou only get custody on the weekends? Ooh. And they're in the city during the week? Like, it's never, custody is never brought up, but they're certainly not going to school in the Hamptons, and they're certainly not commuting to the city from the Hamptons. And they have to be in school because we've already passed Labor Day. Yes, and also, where is the count? Like, did he get a new place in the hand? Well, he's definitely uh, got a city? new girl in her 20s because they make That a, we know. But like, I'm, you know, logistics, where is he living? Did he sell he the townhouse? To... Oh, and I get assume something he else? kept the townhouse. I don't know. I don't know these answers. And if I could ask Lou, these are... I wouldn't ask her anything else. I'd just be like, tell me, where were your children in school at this time? <laughs> That would be such a weird thing. You go to Countess and Friends, you spend like the thousand dollars that ticket is, and then you're just like, where were your children between 2009 and 2011? I have no other questions except where were your children living this time and what was your custody with the count? Because <laughs> you know the count also goes to Switzerland for weeks yeah. at a time. So there's no, she definitely got full custody, but I'm just confused on that. That's I all. mean... But yeah, they're shading uh, his girlfriend because uh, Victoria's like, don't date anyone who's in their 20s and blonde. And I was like, oh, that's exactly who the count is with. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And she says it's different, uh, you know, for a man to start over that Alex is definitely dating someone new. I think it's different within their bubble of people, but I don't actually think it's different. Like, I think people in their elite New York City world will have issue with it but i think in the real outside world i don't know if anyone cares if she starts dating again i don't think yeah. so. no she's divorced i also just remind me did you watch the show flations in trouble yes we talked i i made you watch it i was the oh, one right. that told the you to I watch it, it. Duh, i'm so done <laughs> okay just made me think of one of my favorite lines from that show when he says we're like wealthy outside of the 40 blocks that you force us to live within and yeah. it, do you remember that? Like when he, when she's like screaming oh, yeah. about a salary and they're having a fight and he's like, if we basically pointing out, like I make a boatload of money if we didn't live within these 40 blocks of the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And that kind of just made me think of it, how like Luann has this perception because of the circle and the people she's around oh, yeah. where that she would be judged. But if she was just like a regular person going through what she went through, I don't think she would be judged the way she thinks she would be. There's just so much more judgment when you are in these socialite circles because that's what they thrive on. And it's such a small community, too, as we learned on the road of the men who are in this circle that are free <laughs> and how much intermixing True. that there is. Still no tongue society, by the way. In this yeah. Episode. 
But we do have Allie's Seventeen magazine shoot um, because she met somebody at a party and they from Seventeen and they needed uh, models for prom dresses of different sizes. So since Allie's so petite, they brought her in and found gorgeous gowns for her. Yeah, they were very of the time, but she looked so cute. Like, I love that they didn't make her look not 17. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they gave her very natural makeup. They kind of left her hair curly the way it is. Like That is a good point. Very I... much respected her looks, which probably gave her, like, I just really liked that, that they did that. Yeah, when they were like, we're going to put you in hair and makeup now, it was like, oh, God, what's going to happen? But no, she looks so and cute. I, I, I think great. I tried to look for the photos to find them. I don't think I ended up found them. But Jill is such a stage mom in this moment. And she brings Kelly along, too. And then Kelly comes, too. And I do, Kelly does point one thing out, which at first she's like, Jill is being so cringe and doing too much. Mm -hmm. But I think she's doing it to relax Allie and make her giggle. And, and like, she was kind of doing it to distract her. And I'm like, okay, I see both sides of it. Yeah, because she's like, it was kind of genius because Allie was very natural in those photos. And I um, wonder, like, was that Jill's intention or did that just happen because Allie's laughing at her mom? Like, I don't think Jill thought enough in her head, like, let me be silly to relax my daughter. Jill does not think that she is silly. Of all the adjectives that Jill has on her, herself, silly is not one of them. Agree, yeah. Um, and then uh, Kelly's telling Jill about the interviewer and how cute he was. Yes. And she points out that he's 37 and he was never married. And of course, Jill has a comment about this. And mm -hmm. it just goes back to her like prudish, oldish way of thinking, like as if there's something wrong with someone who's never been married at 37. And that just annoyed me. I mean, I'm single at 41. There's a lot wrong. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, but, it's just but there's like... Wrong, like there's wrong with... A divorced guy yeah. or a single person, you know, like it's my sister used to have these like really like she when she was on dating apps, she wouldn't want someone who was like divorced. And I was like, why? Like, I get no kid. That's a different mm -hmm. thing because that's like a life thing, like divorced and kids. But I would be like, you're 35, Sam. Sorry. Like, I don't think you should nick someone because they've been divorced, which is the same way if you meet someone and, oh, they've never been married. Like, you know, you can't, like, judge anyone for, for those things. And it annoyed me that she did that. They also talk about if he's rich or not. And then she immediately is like, well, money is round. No, that he's smart guy. And so, like, she's like, money is round. Smart can always find its way to money. Which I was like, that's a nice phrase. I, I agree with I that. I never heard that. Um... But she was also saying you have to be willing to compromise, which you're kind of saying as well. But I also wrote in giant letters, have standards. <laughs> like Yes. Telling a single person to compromise. And I know when my sister was single, I was definitely probably guilty of this at the time. <laughs> but she did end up compromising. And now she's very happily married. And not compromising. She just would drive me nuts. I love my sister so much. Mm -hmm. She's my older sister, but she would drive me nuts because she would always talk about superficial interest and this and that. And I would just try to be like, I don't care if they watch sports or don't watch sports. Like, tell me about the person. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't tell her to compromise on that, but she would like one time was like, oh, I asked somebody did on Sunday and it didn't involve football. So like, I don't even know. And I was like, 
what? I was like, Derek and I don't like half the same things, but like, yeah. and then she ended up marrying someone just like my husband, which I would have never thought a pot smoking video game playing man, you know, <laughs> but you sure we should we put that him. in the podcast. <laughs> oh, it's fine. He lives in New York. It's legal. Oh, duh. Um, I, and Derek has a prescription in Pennsylvania, which is also legal. Yes. <laughs> he has a card. I date. I, I went to a uh, dating coach. He's uh, done wonders, obviously, because look at my boyfriend who does not exist next to me. <laughs> uh, but no, one of the things that he said was interests. You can like, you don't have to share interests. Agreed. You have to you share values. Yes. And he's like, and you need three deal breakers, and that's it. Like, you can't think of a thousand things. But you have to have three deal breakers. Yes. Yeah. And mine are, sorry to get political, but you can't have voted for Trump or been in January 6th. Um, then uh, you have to believe in a woman's right to choose. And then uh, what was the third one? I always forget the third one. Um, I think it's you have to have a job or at least ambition. Cause like, Those are good. Yeah. So non-negotiables are fine to have. Yeah. I don't know what mine would have been. No, I, I was met like, Derek too young. I was 22. I just, like Kelly, was just trying to, you know, slang some D. I wasn't really looking for a husband. And then here we are 11 years later and now I'm pregnant. So you never know where <laughs> life takes you. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what my non-negotiables would have been. I think it's hard to go back in time and figure them out, you know? Like, I'm sure... Yeah, I didn't get to, like, adults, like, up, I feel like, to a point where I would have, like, figured it out. It just kind of... That the person I met continued to, like, fit into those things without, like, thinking much about it. But anyway. Anywho. All of our dating stories. I love this dating coach, though. Oh, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, his whole... Great advice, I think. His whole theory was that dating is online marketing and you have to market to your audience and all like straight men want is someone that will take care of them. So like if you cook, write the best dish that you make, like, are you good at cleaning? Are you good at like, what can you do to like, like contribute to caring for a man? Cause that's Uh what they're looking for. Interesting. Very Which, like, as I say it, makes me want to throw up. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm all about the 50-50 partnership. My favorite thing that I ever heard of dating and online dating was from Aziz Ansari's book, Modern Romance. And mm-hmm. he says, it should not be called online dating. It should be called online meeting because you're only using it as a platform to meet people, not to date them online. True. And you need to move from the texting to the meeting as quickly as possible. And yeah. I always thought that was great advice. He's like, this isn't supposed to be let's text for a month and then meet up. It's like, you get three days of texting, and then if we don't have a date set, what's the point? And I was like, See, that is great advice. I had a friend whose theory was literally just like, you like a guy? Hey, let's have a drink. Immediately. Yeah, just immediately. Get right, like, get just right get to, get to it. What, what get to, to it. Get to it. Talking for. And she was like, it's a volume business. You have to just keep dating, keep dating, keep dating. I've done all of these things, listeners. By the way, my dog and I are great right now. <laughs> <laughs> Our relationship has never been better. Sure, she peeked in my it. bed last night but, or two nights ago. But you know what? She seemed sorry. 
are an independent woman and you don't need no man unless you want a man and then you can find a man but if you don't want a man then that's fine I support whatever decisions you make regarding men thank you <laughs> regarding fashion though uh, yes as we're gonna shift on over sorry I feel like we're full of tangents today but this episode is like very real life scenario in a sense 100% like on. when we're at Brooklyn Fashion Week with Darren uh, Alex is day gay. And I thought it was Derek. I thought it was Darren. Is it oh, Darren? I wrote Derek. You know, you might be right. There, was there two of them? Was there a Darren and a Derek? Maybe he's I think a I twin. wrote Derek because I remember specifically he spells it the same way as my Derek. Well, which... your Derek doesn't look like Jughead. <laughs> like no, he... that is exactly who he looked like. Thank you. I was like, this guy looks like someone. Yeah, he right. looks like a twink Jughead, and it's very funny. And he's, it's talking, Alex is like, this is serious business. It is Brooklyn Fashion Week. And Ugh. she invites Kelly, Ramona, and Bethany. Um, what a choice. Yeah. And uh, not Jill. No, but they do start off by discussing Jill's event. And they say that Jill invited 35 of her rich-ass friends per Kelly. Which, again, here's Kelly with her funny little one-lines. Yeah. And then it's interesting, Ramona, something kind of shifts in her. She wants to, like, stand up for Jill a little bit more because mm-hmm. she says don't attack Jill when she's not there. And Bethany is not having martyr no. Ramona. She is not doing it because they start talking about how Bethany thinks she planted the story. And Ramona saying Jill wouldn't plant a story. She would do something that low. And Ramona says that Bethany loves press, positive or negative. Like, who cares? Press mm. is press. Um and then Bethany comes back and says, well, she's been in Jill's kitchen when she stirs the pot. So she knows that she would do this. Yeah. And I don't, it, it almost reminds me of like Beverly Hills and the radar online. Do I think Jill is the one that potentially called? No, but maybe she told someone who she knew would have a blabby mouth and would then share it, you know? Jill was best friends with all the gossip columnists. You know, like... I feel like Jill was smart enough to never be the one to make the phone call. Yeah, but she knows enough. Yeah, maybe she didn't do it directly, but even if she did, like, this is not Bethany planting this. Because Bethany has enough good stories to tell in the press. Like, I get the idea of, like, there's no bad press, but at this moment in Bethany's life, she's got, like, quadruple books. She's got the alcohol. She's got the boyfriend. She doesn't... If she wants to talk about herself in the press, Jill Zarin is not a topic she needs. Well, it's also, Bethany has enough of her own stuff going on that keeps her continually in the press. Mm-hmm. What does Jill really have at this time that's keeping her in the press, besides being a housewife? Exactly. Exactly. So. And that's a key, too, besides being a housewife. Jill needs this show. Bethany is starting to not need this show. Agreed. Bethany could have left and been done at the end of the season and still been extremely successful because there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Girl wasn't just successful because it was Bethany. It was just, it was a good product and it was good marketing and I think it would have been... Bethany does leave at the status. end of this season. Yeah, but then she does Bethany. I'm saying if she left oh, and never like, did just another... never did another... Right. No, she needs the fix. She needs it, but I'm saying her business was already, she already established herself enough. At that point, she would have still been very successful. So now you get Kelly, who's going off on the side, who wants to rehash stuff with Bethany from last year. Yeah, so this is... They already said things are cool, This and is, it's just weird. Like, so how this happens is also interesting. So, like, they're looking at the Brooklyn designers... They hate the female designers. They love the male designer. The male designer walks out with, like, something... Like, it is. It's a beautiful gown. And the other... The females were, like, more athleisure. And this guy comes out with a gown. And it, like, wows them. And Ramona's like, I want to try it on right away. And Alex is like, ooh, I'll try this on. So they try that on. And Kelly's like, this is a great time. And it's, like, almost like the real Hot Wives... Did you ever watch that show that Casey Wilson and Danielle Schneider did on Hulu? Um, no, but I, I heard it. Oh, my I God. You have to. It's so good. It's so funny. But it's, like, such a ridiculous aside. She's like, this is a perfect time for me to remind Bethany that I don't care about her. That's literally what she said. Yeah, basically. And, <laughs> like, then they continue to fight, and Alex and Ramona come back out, and... Well, Alex is trying to get them like, to stop fighting, and she's, like, not doing a good job, and Ramona finally yells, like, enough, and just, like, gets them to Yeah, she's basically like, out. I didn't leave my office in Manhattan to come here to listen yeah. to you fight. <laughs> Can I say another thing, though, that also makes me laugh about this? Yes. Is that Bethany says at one point that she has no idea why she's there, and Alex keeps talking about how, like, Brooklyn is so diverse, but literally, Alex, you picked... Four white women to help you pick these designers, and that really annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, and there was because only one diverse designer, really. I'm um, like, Brooklyn is diverse. Why did you choose? Like, it was a classic example of like when voices aren't heard on the decision panel yep. like, thing. And I'm like, it's so diverse. Why did you pick the these most four hoity-toity? They picked the okay. most Manhattan fashionate person, and I'm sure it had to do with the show. And the show was like, you know have the women help you with this thing that you got asked to do but it's just like none of them even live in brooklyn like why didn't you find people who live in brooklyn part of the fashion community of brooklyn to help pick these things well, but the i'm theme sure it is manhattan show. goes to brooklyn so maybe that's why maybe i don't know i don't i yeah, don't buy it i don't think so um but yeah it's just the the fight ends with like Kelly just being like, all right, I'm just going to hug you. It's fine. And then we see Kelly in her confessional just being like, I said it's over. O-V-E-R. And it's done. And it was just like, but you didn't. 
(laughs) Yeah, it's... You were the one that brought it up. You beat the dead horse in front of her, and then you were like, okay, we can stop now. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's very odd, um, but that's that's where the scene ends, and we'll get more on them later. So then we get Ramona to go meet her friend Joni. At Fig and I feel Olive. like we've seen Joni before. Was Joni the one on the boat that was saying she might have been on the boat? Ramona I feel like she was at like another Ramona thing. Dutch. Like I feel like Joni's been around for sure. Joni loves being on this camera, man. She is ready to uh, just take the crocodile tears that Ramona has. Although Ramona is, you know, she's talking about her renewal. Guys, if you haven't noticed, it's a whole new Ramona. She's got short hair. She's new. This is, like, she starts talking like she's Tony Robbins a little. She says renewal so many times, it it, it drove me nuts, but she claims that it all came to her after her dad passed away, which mm-hmm. obviously... It's not that far-fetched. No. I know she had a very abusive relationship with her father. Um, She goes into a lot of really traumatic details of it, of the abuse of screaming, breaking things. Um, She said, actually, that they used to escape to Brooklyn because her grandma lived there. And maybe that's why she doesn't like Brooklyn. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's a bit of a stretch. But then before her father passes and she knows that he is sick. She invites him to Christmas to have a great time. Um, and she felt she was able to make peace and he died two weeks after that. Yes. And I feel sometimes with Ramona, she was on our screen for so long. There would be times when I'd feel like, do I even know anything about her? And she did reveal a lot of things in mm-hmm. the early seasons. Yes. I feel like it was the later ones. I think it came up when she was talking about like her brother passing away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she has a brother? And it just kind yeah. of forgot a lot of these things we learned early on about her. Which, again, she doesn't need to continually bring it up. But if you hadn't seen the new, the old seasons in such a long time, you do kind of forget that stuff. She doesn't really talk about her family all that much besides her immediate. So, yeah. I, I mean, it was an interesting scene and we got some Ramona, but it just felt very performative as well because it was just like, you didn't invite any of the ladies. <laughs> you brought yes. your friend in because so, you knew your friend would talk about this and not the other shit that you bring up. So Agree. And one interesting thing that she does say, though, that I think is very true, is that she says she's always striving for that perfect white picket fence love. Mm. And I think that's part of the reason she puts Mario and their love on such a pedestal and is maybe blind and or purposely blind to clear issues that we're having. Yeah. Because happy people don't cheat. So clearly he wasn't But he seems so happy. I know, I know. Whatever was going on, we don't know, obviously. And they did seem super happy. But I could see her blocking it out, ignoring it, Mm. and not wanting to deal with whatever was making him unhappy. I'm not putting cheating on her. I'm just saying I think that's how she probably dealt with things in their relationship. Well... After that, we go to Kelly, and she's with her assistant, who just looks very dim. Oh, wait, I had one more thing that I did want to say to credit Ramona, is that I really appreciate right at the end of lunch, she kind of talks about, like, life doesn't stop at a certain age, and you have to keep doing things, and that, and I wrote a little note just saying, like, I love this attitude, and 
it's one of the reasons that like I go to bat for these housewives and why it's such an important show on television and like an actual serious matter to see women of a certain age living life, going out, having fun, yeah, emotions, experiences, divorce, motherhood, shit, like seeing these things, like you don't the the outlet and the platform that these women were given, I will always like love Andy for it and like have such a love of the overall franchise for that. Like think of, you know, we went to see the Grand Dame and she was like, I'm almost 60. Look at what I'm doing. Like I never thought I'd be doing that, you know? So I just like that she talked about, she kind of like made a note of that at the end. And I, I think more people should have that attitude. Like life does not stop at a certain age and you should always keep growing and changing and trying to improve whether, whether Ramona actually does improve or not. I don't know. (laughs) No, I think that's a really good point. And I think it's like, Right now in Hollywood, we see more and more actresses um, over 40 getting roles than ever before. Oh, Jane Fonda. She's got like three movies coming out. Yeah. And I do think that Housewives may have been a reason why, because it was a test case to show that, hey, people can tolerate women over 40 being on their show, (laughs) on their TVs, on their screens. Um, So... Now we go to Kelly's apartment with her assistant who is wearing purple eyeshadow and just looks like she's half there, half on the moon. Um, and they, she is talking about her previous marriage, uh, which she does a lot. I think we should start, if anyone wants to do a Roni drinking game, uh, definitely every time Kelly mentions being... Married to a world-famous photographer. The most Jill famous photographer. Vincimone, the most famous photographer. She loves to bring that up. Yeah. Um, and so, but this time she refers to him as he's a Mr. Big. And oh, I was I like, that. okay, that tells me a lot more. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Now, well, I think it's hard for these women, too. You know, they have shared children with these men. So even if they don't want them fully in their lives they're kind of stuck with them in their lives i think that she adores him still like me the, too the i'd adoration. love to know more of like why they divorced and what happened and oh what yeah like i she's one that like i this has been there's a few housewives on like this that like i would have killed to see the version of them married to their spouse oh 100 percent. her and dorinda i was just top gonna say two. dorinda and my other one is sutton oh i was gonna say carol as well Oh, yeah. See, Carol I feel like Radzibel. Carol was the same person. I feel like she was always th- this person, but I feel Dorinda, like, the way they talk about, like, perfect Dorinda and Richard and, like, very, like, put-together type person, and mm. I feel like she's very different now. And same, like, Sutton, I feel like, is much looser than I imagined she was kind of with, like, her True. uppity southern husband. So, yeah, I would have. Oh, and another one, Giselle. Uh, not Giselle. Um, actually, yes, Giselle. Giselle with her preacher husband. Yeah. Yes, but I was going to say Garcelle. Bit. I would have loved to have oh, also seen Garcelle just any. Like... I mean, we're pretty lucky that we've seen some of them. Not lucky. That's mean. <laughs> we have seen some housewives start married through divorce, who they are after divorce, and it's always an interesting perspective. And there's some that I would have liked to have seen while married, not post-divorce. I agree. Or death of husband or widow. Um, but the most important thing that happens at this Kelly scene Oof. is Jill sends Kelly an email. 
I wrote she down. She sure does. <laughs> of course, I wrote down exactly what was in the email. Oh, I said, God. the font looks like it's from 1999. Like, I don't understand what browser they were looking at. I it's think like it was very... an old Yahoo. It looked like yeah. an old Yahoo email. I don't know, but it just made me laugh. So the email says, a little birdie told me you were all good with Bethany. I sadly am not. I thought you really cared. Good luck with the dot, dot, dot. You will need it. It is the most childish, petty email. I love that that was via email. Could you imagine sending... Now that would be a text message. Write it, regret it. texting existed then? Did you know what, like, T9 or something? Or, like, BBM, Blackberry message? Like, why to write the email? Like, I'm just picturing her, like, typing Kelly's email address in, like... I think Jill communicated through email primarily. She definitely did. And I just don't remember people sending emails like text messages at the time. I feel like that was a very Jill thing. Well, yeah, I just, this message is disturbing. And this is one of the only times where I do like, like Kelly's like, this is a threat. And I was like, yeah, it is. Like, it's just so messed up. Like what, like, are you not allowed to be friends? Like, she can't make You're up not. with Bethany? You're not. Like, I don't understand that at all. And it's just, it was dark and weird. And then we go to Jill's place where Lou is coming over because sometimes I stay in hotels when I go to the city. And other times I go and visit my friends like Jill. I stay with my friend Jill. And it was just so weird and awkward. And she gets her a gift. I guess it's like a hostess gift. It's a terrible gift. It's a horrible gift. It's a gift for Bethany, not for Jill, which makes me wonder, Lou, do you even know who you're staying with? Because she gets... You didn't say what it was. It was a giant wine glass. Yeah. Jill doesn't drink. And as if Jill would have one solo random wine glass that doesn't match all of the rest of her And it's one of those ones from like the Hallmark store that's like the wine glass is as big as your head, could probably fit a bottle. And it says, go big or go home, which is Bethany's phrase. Not really Jill's phrase. No. They're they're really trying to sell them on the two of them as BFFs. And it is just the most awkward exchange because she's just like, oh, this is great. I love it. And I'm just like, you yeah. do not love it. You, this is going to go in a closet and collect dust until J- Lou comes around for another homeless charity. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. think you're going to do anything with this. So then we get to the biggest moment probably of the episode. <sighs> And it is that Bethany decides to call Jill. Now, this felt very set up to me. Did it feel set up to you? In a sense, that cameras were very clearly following both of them in the moment that she called. Not that I think what was said on the phone was scripted or anything like that, but I very clearly think it was like, you two need to talk. We need to film it. This, she's going to call you at this time so we can make sure we film it. Probably, but it's, especially because she goes, it's an unknown number. It's like a blocked number. I'm going to pick it up. I hate these. But, mm-hmm. like, that's the only reason why I'm like, she definitely knows who this is. Well, and Bethany's, like, taking a car randomly somewhere and then just gets out and has this conversation on the side of the road. Yeah. So that, to me, made it, it just felt very, like, this feels like a weird... Like Where the was she going? Of, we don't know. She's dressed in we, her beautiful red coat. It's just a very odd placement of it. It's a weird setup. And again, I don't think any of their conversation they were told what to say no. because that felt authentic. But I And I think they were like, 
you guys got to do it. And Bethany was probably like, finally, like, fine, I'll do it. And they're like, get me Andy and a camera. Let's go. <laughs> That's what I think it was, too. So Jill is being super weird about who's there. She puts her on speakerphone. She's like, oh, there's people here. And she does not tell her that Luann is there, mm-hmm. which is super messed up. Well, no, she goes, I have to put you on speaker. And Bethany goes, why are you putting me on speaker? And she goes, I'm doing something with my hands. And she goes, are people there? Because you know full well Jill has done this to other people while Bethany was uh, was sitting next to her. So she knows that Lou is next to her in her heart of hearts. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, my assistant's here and some people. And then we immediately get an in the moment with Jill to the camera where she's just like, she didn't ask who was here. So I didn't tell her who was here. She yeah, didn't ask didn't like specifically, that. and it was just, like, it was such little kid lie face where it's, like, well, I didn't lie because you didn't do this, mother may I. Like, it was, whew. Yeah. So then Bethany says she didn't tell anyone else about their fight, though we did see her on camera tell Jason. her assistant and Jason about it. So I don't know if I buy... I don't think she means she, I don't think she's told anyone outside of her closest circle. I don't think Jason's selling it or Julie's selling it. No, me either. But I just, it's like, okay, you did talk about it within the group. You talked about it with Ramona, you you know, it was, it was discussed. People knew that they were fighting because remember Ramona's July 4th thing or Labor Day thing. Jill's random friend brings it up to Bethany. So clearly people, people, a lot of people knew they were fighting They might not have known what they were fighting about, but they knew they were fighting. Well, and that's the thing, too, though. To that point, Bethany's like, even this fucking random woman knows all the details of this fight. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jill says that she never talked to Paris Hilton. He was baiting her. And then she starts to go into the Bobby stuff, which I told you, this is the first time I feel like Jill is saying to Bethany... It's about Bobby. It's about Bobby, which I had said from, like, episode one. I was like, whatever she wants to... She keeps claiming it's this hobby line. It's not. It's it's about Bobby. So this is the first time she's saying... Hobby rhymes with Bobby. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, and that she's saying that how she Bethany wasn't there for her. Uh, Bethany says, what are you talking about? Jill, you were all over the Hamptons of the city. You didn't make it seem like it was that bad. Like, you made it seem like it was just, like, a small procedure, that it was nothing big. Um, she and then also, Jill starts- Bethany says, why is this so enormous? And Jill says, it's not that important. And like, there was like literally like a thunderclap sound effect. And yeah. like, Bethany's like, that speaks volumes. Yeah. And then Jill is so hung up on Bethany saying the hobby thing. And she's mm-hmm. so mad that Bethany didn't call Bobby and check in on him. Bethany reiterates again. She didn't know he was ill. Jill was running around doing a whole bunch of stuff. Bethany was on her book tour. She was in love, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and it's very clear that Bethany is really, really upset about this conversation. And something that will, like, go to, I can't remember if it said here or more in the next one, is basically Bethany's like, I sent you flowers, and then I didn't hear from you. Yeah. And because Jill... It, it all came down to such a lack of communication. Well, um, Jill and, the, and Jill was just like, well, that's your answer. Like, I didn't answer. That's your answer. And it's kind of like, how do you know that if you don't tell me and I'm running around like I thought we were cool? Um, 
clearly to me it says there was issues before the Bobby stuff. Yes. The Bobby stuff might have been the tipping point because there's no way that one little thing is going to unravel yeah. your whole like BFFness. Like it's crazy. Well, don't forget the Today Show thing. That's what I'm saying. You She's know. harping on the one thing, but we know that there was more stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jill says, we are done. And I wrote, whoa, with delight? Because she's, like, yeah. got a little smile on her face while she's doing it, which really made me feel unsettled. Yeah, and Bethany, on the other hand, is crying. She is devastated by this. She is gutted. She, like, is leaning against buildings on the sidewalk, just like, I didn't think it was this bad. I didn't think this was, like, friendship ruining bad. Yeah. And... She just, they they hang up. She's hysterical. She calls wherever she's supposed to be, says, I'm, I'm going to be late, and describes it as an epic disaster. While meanwhile, Lou and Jill are just going in on how Bethany is just a snake. Yeah. I. You know what's interesting? I ended my notes saying... I don't know whose side I'm on, but re-going over this in my head, I'm definitely on Bethany's side. Well, I just think it's really... But I think I'm also influenced by episode six, which I watched. True. Uh, And we'll get there next week, gang. But I I just feel... Because Bethany's there feeling like it's a death, and Jill's there just ripping on her with Lou, and it feels very Mean Girls... I'm definitely on Team Bethany for this episode because it was just, I don't think Jill wanted to even try. And it and she wanted this fight and she wanted it for the cameras. And it was really disappointing. And it was really hard. Six was harder to watch. It took me oh. two days to watch it because there's really? so much. Uh, and we'll get into it next week. But, uh, yeah, I... I have to say, this was another great episode of moments that were just really fun and crazy and took me on an emotional ride. The Jill and Bethany thing was tough. Yeah, it's as tough as I thought. It might be worse than I thought it would be. Definitely not what I remembered Mm -hmm. um, throughout time. Definitely not not like what I what I thought but yeah at this moment it's feeling very very heartless on on Jill's side and well Jill just doesn't seem to want to hear any of it yeah she's just made up her mind so close off which I just really well I do think that she's being influenced by Lou who's just ended her relationship with the count so she's probably like you've got to end it like you know how it's like we can't help sometimes when we're going through something that we think that like our decision should be the decision that everyone makes and you see everyone's life similar to yours, but really it's completely different. And I think yeah. like Lou's probably like, I'm so much better without the count. You should move on to from Bethany. Like they're both being so controlling we'll or whatever. Up, we'll, we'll take on, you know, we'll get rid of Bethany off the show and now we'll be the stars. Exactly. Like I do think... And I don't, do I think that Luann woke up one morning and came up with this evil plan? No, but I think that it was something that seemed easy and made sense at the time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, oh, man, the whole the whole episode again, just like the last episode, no filler scenes. None. None. Yeah. All no of it filler was scenes. Just like we haven't even seen pure Mario. Entertainment. No. And still Barely no Ramona. Any... What'd you say? Still no Ramona. Like. I can't believe... You mean Sonia. Sonia, sorry. I was like, no, Ramona. I was like, she was all over this episode. That's right. Yeah, still no Sonia, which is going to be so interesting to see. How did she even fit in, get brought in? Like, I have no memory of her intro package and how... Neither do I. Who is it that we say she's friends with? I don't... She's Ramona's friend. I know that. Is that what we say? Or is that what they say? I believe so. I mean, but we'll see. We'll find out. We'll watch what happens. And, Always watch what happens. And uh, thank you, Andrew Cohen, for bringing us these women. <laughs> oh, this season is just outstanding. I see why people say season three is their favorite season, because it's, it's so good. Um, I want to shout out, and I don't have the Reddit pulled up but somebody on Reddit said that we were rewatching there it was two months ago because I was looking something else up about the podcast and they were like oh there's a real housewives of rewatch podcast that's rewatching Roni and they're so great and I was like oh Oh my god thank you (laughs) you like us (laughs) so sorry we just blew out your speakers with our pure excitement on that but thank you (laughs) And thank you for listening. We really, really appreciate it. We love doing this, and we love talking Bravo. And uh, we'll be back next week to do some more. Yes, we can't wait. We love you. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Download. And you are going to want to listen to episode six and watch episode six because it is a lot of housewife history that somehow all happened in the same episode yeah. that I forgot about. A lot. It's crazy. All right. Till next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.